0: heat due to excess and then empty heat is kind of like a deficiency in the controlling of the heat so then it, that's when you get your empty heat. Um, it also says deficient heat in yin and one thing that I can think about is a yin deficiency from menopause and that's where you get your, cold, uh, your hot flushes. Welcome back to the February Young Podcast, a Chinese medicine podcast hosted by Chinese medicine graduates. We release episodes every week on a Thursday, and if you're new here, feel free to subscribe or follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Brennan, and I'm joined by Charlene. Hello. Nick. Hey guys, how we going? And Tim Mulfi. Heyo. All right, so this is part, I think, part 11, if I've been counting right. Uh, part 11 our uh, introductory series, and if you haven't listened to the previous ep- episodes, make sure to uh, listen to the first and the other episodes to keep up to date. Um, but briefly, what the series is, is uh, uh, this week we are diving into a little bit of a different introductory period, but um, and uh, we're breaking it down to the basics. Um, so it's important to understand that some Chinese medicine perspectives... Uh, a little bit different to Western medicine perspectives, so it might be a little bit different to wrap your head around. Um, But also, we kind of started this introductory series to help look into... um, into Chinese medicine and help those that are curious in Chinese medicine um, and cover the fundamental perspectives and principles on Chinese medicine. I said that three times. Um, While modern medicine seeks to unveil the mechanisms behind the veil of symptoms, there's a lot left that is left unknown, and that is where TCM can help. Timmy, I scrapped my intro because I realized yawn was way more relevant. (laughs) 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 That's good. Yeah, I hadn't changed my intro from... um, the organ one, so I just kept talking about organs, um, which is a little good segue into um, introducing what we're going to be talking about today. Is We're not talking about any organs, we're not talking about any of that stuff, but today we are talking about the eight principal patterns of Chinese medicine. Um, these patterns and terms are used to differentiate the pathology of the syndrome and they're a key part in understanding what can go wrong within the body. Um, the principal patterns describe what is the pathogen, what's going on, uh, with the pathogen and where yin and yang is also involved in which we've talked about in a previous episode so it does get a little bit complex but still very necessary and it allows us to guide our treatment and to introduce these eight principal patterns um, to make it easier to remember I, I can split it into a couple branches and we'll go into a little bit more detail when we get further into the podcast uh, or this episode but um, but I'll briefly introduce them now so the first is interior and exterior and there's hot and cold, and there's fuller, empty, and then there's, of course, yin and yang. Um, I know I dived into it real quick, sorry guys, but um, I thought I'd just like throw in a really quick, short introduction um, before we dive into it deeper, but should we dive a little bit deeper?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Thanks for that, Pete. No worries.
2: Mouthfuls. Good intro, like always. Yeah, yeah. Oh, babes. You um, you hop skipped and jumped all the way through it, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: is my internet no no or <laughs>
2: no no, no, you are uh so oh. yeah so this is a little bit different to what we have been talking about in this introductory series, so you know previously, we went through sort of how the body works, and then we like deep dived into the organs, and we talked about all those systems this this is sort of the next step into l- looking at how we can sort of piece it all together when we have a real patient in front of us you know it's all it's all good and well to learn the theory of chinese medicine but to understand how to practice it and how to you know put these theories um onto our patients and then sort of reflect that into a treatment is is really the next step um you know that's our ultimate goal is to help people and this is how we can sort of filter out all those thoughts and, you know, we can obviously through those last last episodes, we were talking a lot about relationships in the body and how organs, you know, how a lot of these organs are interlinked closely. And, you know, as soon as you start to see people, you can automatically identify lots of things. But that doesn't necessarily mean that these things um, are the, the source of whatever issue they're coming to see you for or, you know, it might not be hundred percent relevant or there just might be a million patterns happening at once so these eight guiding principles are just there to sort of help you form some sort of a diagnosis and get that start onto where to look in a patient
0: Oof. you like that, ben? that was that was so well put I am that was great Nick <laughs> thank you all right. Should we get into uh, what are the eight guiding principles? I did touch on it, but let's dive a little deeper. Or, I mean, Nick already covered the importance of them, and that's so well put. Yeah. Um, is there? There's there's nothing really to compare um, this to Western medicine, is there? I, I, I guess there kind of is. Well, we did do a differential diagnosis um, unit in uni, but did they ever kind of? crossover do you think
1: no not really this is this is sort of this is where sort of TCM branches off into its own sort of type of medicine compared to western med and this is one of the big parts where it's like this is now how we observe the body functioning as a whole this is us how we sort of like paint the picture now this is how we see it and this is how we move on to like diagnosis then treatment so yeah, this is just sort of the difference between Chinese med and Western med.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, sure about you guys, but I absolutely hated the Western medicine differential diagnosis because, like, I think um, the one difference I can see uh, now thinking about how we studied it was um, with Western medicine, they had different symptoms and, like, all the different things it could be, and they had that as each chapter. And then, like, you know, there was cough, there was um, chest pain, and then it was this and that. And, like, in each chapter, they would describe what disease it could be, uh, the characteristics to look out for, and then it was just very, very dense. Meanwhile, when you have the Chinese medicine um, eight guiding principles, I feel like it it, it talks very generally first. It kind of wide shots, and then eventually you can get slowly, you can slowly kind of, uh, what do you call it, narrow down your options, or narrow down... What's going on, um, which makes things. I feel like it makes things a lot easier um, with Chinese medicine. I think the main difference is.
2: Oh, sorry. Okay, you go. Uh, I was going to say, I think the main difference between like Western medicine and Chinese medicine is the the conversation about symptom and syndrome, um, and you know it was talked a lot about in Western medicine when we learned about differential diagnosis, like so what, sort of what a symptom is compared to a syndrome. Um, and I think that's sort of where we differentiate a little bit, you know, from Western medicine. You know, we're looking at a lot of symptoms where they're looking at sort of more syndromes, I believe.
3: And I think the Western di- Western medicine diagnostics is a bit harder to understand because they do rely on a, a lot of other tests, like um perf- lab reports and like scans and things like that so it's more difficult to see when there is um a disease or illness whereas in chinese medicine because we have that holistic view you kind of once a patient walks in you can kind of see it all pieced together there and there's no need i mean you can go for further testing and things like that but you can build a picture right then and there
2: yeah you use those um the uh, six observations, or s- six? Is it six observations?
3: Four.
2: You got four.
3: <laughs> I got observation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One singular observation. <laughs> four. A good practice. I observe and six, all. Seven, eight,
3: nine, ten. Eleven, twelve, thirteen. A, a lot of observation.
0: That's, well, observing.
3: <laughs> I categorize mine by letter under the observation category, and it goes up to P. So, <laughs> I think it's like four main ones, though.
0: Yeah, I'd believe so. Oh, maybe. Is it terms? Is it Chinese med or Western med?
3: No, I'm is thinking about med? the diagnostic really. techniques. Is four.
2: Yeah. Oh, anyways, there's the observations thing that that this podcast isn't really about, but. There's that side of sort of, you know, as soon as that patient walks through the door, you're you're automatically sort of observing them and looking at sort of their body shape and their demeanor and their skin tone, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Do they walk with a gait? Do they, you know, do they have any obvious, are they nursing something like a sore arm or, you know, are they sniffling or got a cough or, you know, automatically as soon as you see them, you're you're making these assumptions, you know, are they young or are they old? All that type, sort of stuff. But then these yeah. eight diagnostic techniques, you know, it's sort of as soon as they sit down and open their mouth, this is when this kicks in.
0: Yeah, I think even from using the observations um, on that patient, you can kind of see, and as you get to know them, um, accompanied with the observations that you were talking about, um, that can kind of give away what they're more prone to or what they're what you might be um suffering what they might be suffering on a very very often on a daily basis i wouldn't say daily basis but just very often um so if someone's coming in and you observe they're very you know a pale or deficient weak, on using those observations you can kind of see what types of patterns they may be susceptible to they might have more deficient more colder type symptoms more yin um type stuff but when you know, someone might come in and they're like, you know, they're jumpy, they're energetic, they're even like a, a little bit bigger of a stature. You might think more excess, more height, more heat, and uh, I guess exterior, not really, but we'll get, we'll kind of get to it. Actually, let's get to it. Um, let's go, let's jump into the actual eight guiding principles. We'll start with interior and exterior. Um, do anyone want to jump into interior? Jump into in the interior. (laughs) So so the interior and exterior
2: is is sort of the first thing um, we look at in terms of these eight guiding principles. So so we look at whether it's an internal disease or an external disease. And when we talk about external disease we're talking about like is it in that surface level, is it in the Wei Chi or has it gone, you know, deep into the internal where it's affecting the organs. Um so that, that external is all like those wind cold, um, the Shanghan type of diseases, you look confused, B.
0: No, 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 no. Uh, it's just my internet. This is going off. Ah, anyway, okay. continue. If <laughs> I if I start sounding, if I start if I start sounding laggy then if I start sounding like Optimus Prime, you know what's going on. Oh, <laughs> um
2: yeah, so so we're talking about those like those Shanghan type of diseases, those that, you know, uh, live on the external uh, manifestation
1: And, and, and then s- Sorry Nick Just d- I didn't want to cut you off It just sounds uh, Just sound Hearing it from someone Who hasn't done Chinese med It can sound confusing To hear what Shang Han is Like all that sort of Pathogens Cause I Like if I just started Listening <laughs> to this podcast And you said Shang Han I would think it's a guy What does
2: Shang Han stand What does Shang
1: mean Yeah what are, are Shang Han oh. syndromes Or Shang Han conditions Like what does that mean Cold
2: what is what is Shanghan in English? One of my Chinese friends here? One of my Asian um, friends? Somebody that um, knows Chinese? Is
3: Shanghan to do with like sweating? Exterior? It's like the treaties of cold.
2: cold damage. Yeah. So it's yeah, as I was exp- as I was trying to explain, it's it's the, the the diseases that affect the outside of the body. Um so it, you know, manifests as like the common cold or you know, those like flu-like conditions um, where it hasn't entered the body and hasn't affected the organs like we've talked about in those previous episodes in this introductory series. And then you've got the internal branch of all of this and that's that's when it starts to affect those um, those organs. So you're looking more like either digestive issues or insomnia or mental health issues, you know, those type of conditions that people may come in with. So, and that's this is sort of addressed when you sort of ask that first question of like, what are you coming in for, um, and they sort of explain what they what what their chief complaint is, and then you, so you've sort of already differentiated between interior or exterior disease.
1: Yeah, I just want to elaborate on what Nick was saying for exterior as well. So stuff that can affect like your skin, your hair, the muscles, the tendons, the joints. These are all considered like stuff that aren't really organ-related yet, so, like, things that haven't entered into internally are generally what you consider externally. Um, some other things for internally could be, like, your nerves, your brain, your spinal cord, and your bones. Those could be also considered internally as well.
3: Mm-hmm. And I also want to mention um, a big thing that we use, a big thing, a big diagnostic principle technique thing um, that we use is also the duration of disease of illness yeah the duration so if for example someone comes in and they've said I've had this sore neck stiff neck for about three days we would consider the exterior more as it's a very recent onset and it doesn't sound very deep Um, and I don't know if we've mentioned this but the back of our neck is very susceptible to pathogens Um, it opens to the outside so when there is like wind heat those external pathogens that um, Nick mentioned earlier that's the first place that is susceptible which is why if it's a very recent onset we consider the exterior however if someone comes in and they say I've had um, abdominal pain for like three years on and off now we would consider a more interior condition because they have had that longer duration of their symptoms and of their disease and generally with interior conditions the onset is more gradual so it'll be you'll maybe experience the pains for a little bit, but then all of a sudden you'll realise, oh, I've been experiencing pain for a very long time now and I'm not sure when it started, but it got bad at around this time. So I think that's important to mention.
1: Yes, yeah, Yes, yeah. I agree. Like,
2: oh, oh, I was go. just going to say, and the other thing with uh, duration is that exterior conditions can manifest into interior conditions if untreated. Um, and that's that's along with that duration thing. So, you know, we're always asking about history and, and how, you know, how this uh, condition has progressed over time. And we're looking at that for that interior-exterior relationship. Um, you know, sort of did it start on the outside and then slowly make its way inside. And, you know, if if you do read one of those classics, you know, the Shang Han Lun, uh, he's all that's what he's talking about it's it's the diseases that come from the exterior that make their way
0: to the interior and sort of how to treat them but yeah that's a um that's a good actually good point that i just kind of thought of where, where we're talking about invasion um and like charlene mentioned the exterior um the exterior pathogens kind of penetrating uh the exterior of your body and then you have the further invasion of that um, pathogen going even deeper, like Nick was also saying, and analysing how that can kind of progress and looking at the duration. Um, an example that I can think of is just like a long-term cold or a, just like an external wind kind of like going in deeper and deeper, eventually hitting the joints and sometimes um, affecting the constitution of the actual organs. Um, so it can progress from going uh, being an exterior condition, going into an interior condition. If something isn't treated um on the exterior level because you know as it's easy to go in but it's also easy to come out when it's on the exterior level but when it starts to go deeper and deeper it starts to become harder and harder to root out um especially with a lot of diseases and that's where it can get a little bit complex um and that's why you should always see your doctor (laughs) 100 percent. always get treated never leave leave anything behind you know what i'm saying yeah anything else add to interior exterior do you think um, no. And th- this branch is
2: uh, then off into hot and cold. So you kind of have like a, you have like a hot and cold for the exterior and a hot and cold for the interior. Um, also mentioned like full heat and empty heat and full cold and empty cold. Um, which I don't know about the, I don't really like the word empty or I don't know. It's, it's yeah, not no, I don't that, like it either. It's not the terms that we, um, studied at uni um so so we'll go with um like an excess and deficiency terms i think is sort of the best for this podcast we'll we'll stick to those we use those a lot um Mm. agreed so uh on the exterior we're talking about the uh the excess heat or the wind heat type of uh, manifestation that can enter the body and this comes up as like a as that common cold that's more, that's, that's more hot in nature, um, so more like yellow, uh, yellow phlegm, sore throat, that's kind of like burning type of thing, um, you can get headaches and stuff like that, so, yeah, you're talking about more, more of like the, the hot, hot in nature properties, uh, rapid pulse, you know, red tongue, these type of things, um, and then you've got the wind cold uh, on the exterior and this is it's it's funny to what would you count that as an excess cold or a deficient it's, a, it's an excess cold isn't it oh, it's like a full cold bro. which is where the terms get
0: really funny excess cold is just whack <laughs> yeah have you got something there Nick?
2: yeah I was I would sort of count it as that like it's like full cold or excess cold but it's, it's not really. It's that you've got a cold invasion. Um, so so the, the manifestation is a little bit different. Um, you're talking about like clear, watery mucus, um, uh, body aches and chills. Uh, the pulse is a little bit slower, not quite as, quite as quick. And the tongue is um, like a little bit more white in colour with that coating and a little bit less, less red. If
1: you will, hmm.
2: Does somebody want to Uh, sort of go over the interior of the hot cold relationships?
0: I can't get exactly that. I was going to say something a little bit different, so I'll wait till go
2: go.
0: No, because I was thinking the way that I like to think of it, and what's actually written in the notes, kind of triggered some good thoughts. Was um, it might be a little bit different, Nick? So sorry if I kind of like dismiss your point, Um, but when it says hot and cold. In in the notes says full full heat and empty heat. And I feel like when you say full heat, it's more of like the uh, kind of the excess hot. It's like a accumulation of a lot of things, uh, accumulation of it all, and then it kind of bursts out as heat. Um, I kind of like to think, oh, yeah. Actually, I pretty much described. I don't want to repeat myself, but full heat due to excess, and then empty heat is kind of like a deficiency in the controlling of the heat. So then that's when you get your empty heat. it also says deficient heat and yin, and one thing that I can think about is a yin deficiency from menopause, and that's where you get your cold, uh, your hot flushes. And I like to call, I like to think of that as the main thing for empty heat. Um, with cold, in a similar process, you have uh, in like an excess of cold. I hate saying that's so weird. Um, where cold accumulates um, and, and kind of affects the and creates the the syndrome from there. And that's where I think of cold foods going into your stomach and then having excess cold in your body and then giving you so that sore stomach, the diarrhea, the loose stools, and that. Um, the empty cold, I feel like, is a little bit, is quite easy to understand where you don't have a, a lot of heat, uh, like warmth in your body. So then you're left with a deficient type cold. Um, nothing's warming your body. Nothing's really getting things going. You're not exercising and that. So then you have an empty, uh, worn out, Probably, yeah, just cold because nothing's warming your body up. That's how I interpret hot and cold when it comes to the guiding principles. Um, and the, the subcategories are full heat, empty heat, full cold, empty cold. Um, I don't want to divert too far off your point, Nick. So um, no, no, the no, no, interior... No, that was, that was um, exactly what I was sort of asking
1: for. Oh, right. Was it?
2: Yeah, no, Yay. that was
0: good.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> could, could you explain... What you meant by empty hot again? Like the yin deficiency, how do you generate heat from excess cold? That doesn't make sense. Oh
0: I I I'd like to think about Oh, sorry. Good segue into
3: I was gonna say how like how they're different, how the deficient and the excess are different um once you were done. But if you have something <laughs> on what you were gonna talk about, nope, okay, no but okay you're eating toast. God. Okay, great. I was going to say for um <laughs> So, for an excess heat condition versus a deficiency heat condition, the deficient condition is the deficient heat, sorry, is due to the the cold aspect of the body being used up. So when your body is in balance you've got them both at the same level however when there's um, something going on that has depleted the cold side um, or the the bits that will call the heat that is in your body so when the heat is at that level the cold level can manage it however due to um, some pathogenesis something's going wrong wrong in your body that cold can't control the heat anymore So the cold becomes deficient and that's why you have heat. The relative levels of hot and cold are out of balance and the cold is seen as deficient. Whereas in an excess heat kind of condition, you've still got that balance and the cold is still at the normal level, but the heat is just over the top. And that's what we call an excess heat condition because the cold is still doing its job, but the heat is just too much for it is in that deficient condition, the cold is not enough to manage a normal level of heat. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, Yeah. I really like that. And
3: (laughs) the same thing or the flipped side is if the cold is excess or deficient. The heat is if the heat is at the normal balance level, but still can't control the cold, then you call that a deficient. No, an excess cold. Because the heat is normal, but the cold is just too much; it's in excess. Whereas if the heat is not enough, it's deficient, but the cold is still at a normal level, then you'd call that a deficient cold. Yeah.
0: How Beautiful. many
3: people did I lose?
0: Loved it.
2: No, it's <laughs> good. If any <laughs> of our listeners have any questions, please feel free to send them through, because these are these are kind of complex thoughts. Especially about sort of like empty heat and that deficient yeah. heat. Um, it's and the terminology behind it all. Um, it it can be very confusing. Um, so please it's don't a, hesitate to ask.
0: It's a good time to plug in our discussion group on Facebook. Um, we do have a discussion group on Facebook. If you wanted to join that and had any questions you want to throw at us, we could always address it in the podcast. Um, if we get enough questions, and it's not really too active at the moment but if we do get any questions or we get enough questions we can always just throw in a podcast episode where we just answer all that um as best as we can
3: but we do we do monitor the question like the group when you say it's not yeah, too yeah, active we're, i like uh, uh, we... not too
0: active as in no one <laughs> like not no one really participates but we get very we get few questions which are good we love that yeah. but either we'd like to keep the engagement up you know
3: yeah either we're great at explaining or
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they're just like, ah, oh, these guys don't know anything Like they're just kind of like, oh, shit. We're, we're just gonna prove gonna nothing. Ass. No, we know a lot. We don't have to prove anything, man. <laughs> so good. I love that. Love that. Ah, oh, I had a point, but I've got. Was gonna say. <laughs> I was adding on to something that you were saying, Charline. Uh Oh yeah, analogy. Tim, you got an analogy to understand all this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have, like, I have one, but i was trying to put it together in my head and I don't think it'd work out. I could try and, yeah, I could try do, and you do it. you want give it a shot? You can give it a all shot. All right. So you're in a room, yeah? Okay. You're in a room. You, in have room a tank, I you have a water tank. You have a water tank and then you have a, a heater, right? Mm-hmm. The, it, you have a normal, uh, like in a excess heat situation, you have a normal amount of water drinking it and you're all sweet, but then the heat is up too high. So then you get like flustered and all that, right? But you're still well hydrated. If you, if you, um, if you have a deficient heat type, you have that the the heat is actually at a normal to a little bit higher level, but you're not run, You don't have much water to cool you down, so you're feeling hot, right? That's how I think of a deficient heat, uh, deficient heat scenario. Um, and to understand the deficient cold and the excess cold, uh, th- replace the heater with. An air conditioner. <laughs> so you have aircon on, uh, and you have some warm tea. Um, you don't ha- uh, In an excess cold, you still have the warm tea, but the air con's too high, so you're still feeling cold. And in- on a deficient cold side, you don't have enough hot tea, or the tea's not hot, And but the air con's still on, so you're feeling that little bit cold, so nothing's warming you up. Is that a good That's simplified good. way of that- uh, it? Th- yeah? I
1: think you can... Your, your analogy is so good that you can explain further symptoms when you we dive deeper into like things like yin deficiency symptoms. So you're explaining yin deficiency is when you don't when the heat is on but you don't have enough water to hydrate. And you can see that when they experience stuff like dryness or like not enough fluids in the body. It's because there's too much heat, you're like in the sauna and you don't have a bottle with you because all the heat's there, but not enough water.
0: Yeah, so you turn yourself into a raisin, bro Exactly <laughs> right And that's actually
1: what happens So I think that's a it's really good thing. analogy create, Well done
2: You could create, like, little animations Of, like, all your organs In, like, little rooms <laughs> Oh, is it the room analogy like, again? Like, the house like analogy that's, oh, so good
1: So good Like, you can chuck them all in a sauna and, like, With, like, a harmonies of water. and stuff Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: You guys seen so You guys seen uh, like Cells at Work? <laughs> was it yes, Cells yeah. at Work or something? Yeah, yeah, that anime. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, imagine a Chinese med version of that.
1: That would be amazing. It's, I haven't
0: seen it. Context, oh, it's like it's like a little anime about how um, the human body works and then each of the characters are like there's the white blood cells and the red blood cells. And the red blood cells are kind of just like the ones that get, like the delivery guys that carry oxygen. And then there's the white blood cells that are like the police that just like shoot up all the, the viruses and that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it's e- so good. That's cool.
1: Each little parts of the body have their own like sort of animation characters that animate sort of their everyday lives. So it gives it like, you can relate to it and be like, oh, I'm learning about the body because
0: it's basically, yeah, it's basically an animated version of Tim's, all of Tim's analogies.
1: Yes. Damn, we should have like, <laughs> any animators out there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up. Hit us up. <laughs> Hit us up. Hit us up. <laughs> oh, true. That's it. You can uh, animate something for us. Um, pretty good. Oh I said I thought of something again. Before, okay. but, uh let's move on. <laughs> full yes, and empty. So? I don't really understand full and empty as well as some people. Um Does anyone want to go on over full and empty? I can give it a shot, but I don't trust myself.
2: This uh, this goes back to like terminology and it's sort of more like excess and efficiency type of um Type of manifestation again. Uh, we're kind of looking more at the interior aspect now, um, and sort of left the interior, at uh, the exterior, sort of by the side, because that's only got so much that it can go to, um, and that's that's when it starts to trace into the interior, because it sort of runs out of roadmaps. So the interior, you can either have like an excess condition or a deficiency condition. Um, the excess conditions are normally more of those acute diseases, the ones that have a sudden onset, um, and the deficiency conditions are more of those slow, slow build up. You know, deficiency of qi or blood, um, and we've we've discussed most of them throughout this introductory series. Um, so, you know, we're not going to go into how to diagnose them, but that's that's the path that you're sort of looking down. So once you've asked enough questions to sort of understand where you want to sort of go with pattern diagnosis, so you're thinking, is it exterior or interior? So we're thinking it's probably more interior. And then we're thinking, is it hot, cold, excess deficiency, yin, yang, which we'll discuss in a minute. Um, So we're thinking along those lines. And yin yang and hot and cold sort of matching together. You got something to say, Tom?
1: Yeah, I've got a question for you, Nick. You you said that um, since we're talking about like internal conditions now, and you mentioned that um, if it tends to happen in excess, it means it's an acute sort of disease. So it's happened very recently. The onset has been like they've had it probably less than less than a year that they've suffered from this. But didn't we just talk about how? Um, Acute conditions affect the external part and not the internal part. Could you explain? That doesn't make sense then from what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I get,
2: I get what you mean. Um, I think there's... So diseases can go directly to the internal and create an ec, like an acute problem. Um, so you can have like digestive issues caused by you know food stagnation or something like that so that's that's more of that excess that full type of disease it's not on the external because we're talking about like the stomach and the spleen and you've got you know you've eaten say <coughs> to make it relevant and cross lines between sort of western medicine chinese medicine i think more of the the symptoms along the lines of like food poisoning um so you've got so you've eaten something the day before that was quite damp or quite gross and your body just sort of goes into whack and you've got for the next three or four days you've got diarrhea and vomiting. Um your you're feeling quite th- your your cheese quite down, so your energy's quite low. These are all your excess you know, this is this is an excess because it's it's acute onset, it's very quick. Um, it's affected your stomach, spleen, large intestine type of issues in terms of digestion and you're getting your stomach has gone into ascending, which we've talked about in the stomach uh, episode um, and your spleen is not moving, you know it's not separating that good chi from the bad chi it's not sending the the good chi up, so you're getting quite a lot of that diarrhea um, and you're getting that opposites of the spleen and stomach sort of up and down type of
1: effects. So this so is that's that. an example of this is external is excess? Internal. Oh, internal access. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because it's acute onset, um, and it, yeah, it's it's come from that excess of like food stagnation, damp, grossness that's in the body, rather than the the opposite of that, which is um, the internal deficiency which is like spleen chi deficiency or um, stomach, you know, stomach yin deficiency type of um, issues where that happens over quite a long period of time. Your diet's not very great. You're eating a lot of dampy, cold foods that your spleen and stomach don't like. So you've got consistent runny stools or you're getting quite a bit of acid reflux or, you know, you've got like bloating and tummy issues um, this happens over a, sort of a longer period of time. And you can start, you, you know, once you ask more questions about diet and stuff, you you can start to see that, yes, this is happening sort of over a period of time that you've not been working on your diet. And then that's led to a deficiency in the body. So you're sort of going internal because you're talking about digestion. And then you're saying, is it sort of full or empty? So excess or deficiency? And they're saying, well, I've had it for... You know, I've been this way for two or three years. Um, so then you're talking about, okay, this is a deficient deficiency issue. And then you go from there and then you go into what we have been talking about in the previous episodes, sort of in terms of pattern diagnosis. Is there liver involvement? Is there spleen involvement? You know, these type of things. Does that answer your question, Tom?
3: You've Defo- lost me.
2: Yeah, I forgot, <laughs> forgot my
1: question already. <laughs> so
3: it worked. It was interesting, but I also forgot his question. Um, can I put it in from a different perspective? Please. Um, so we at the beginning of the podcast, we started with interior and exterior. And then we talked about whether it was cold or hot. And now we're moving into interior conditions or internal conditions do you, yes is that we all agree that's what we were all talking about before so within interior or internal conditions I guess there's another three or four categories that we can go into so Nick was saying there were different aspects that can be either in excess or deficiency which can be, so AKA full or empty. So these aspects are the qi, blood, phlegm, damp, and blood stasis, yin and yang, and the zhangfu. So from there, any of these four kind of categories can go into excess or deficiency, which is what Nick was talking about. Those different symptoms that he was mentioning were specific symptoms from the categories is that, are you with me so far? I'm looking
1: yes. at Tom because he always has a blank look on his face. <laughs> That's <laughs> my number. Nom- <laughs> and tends to ask questions that throw us all off. Yes. Yes. That's, keep so you, you on be- your balls. Uh, mm-hmm. just, keep, okay. keep us on our balls. <laughs> <laughs> I meant feet. I meant feet, soles. God damn it. Uh, sh- oh, this is so good. Keep you on the ball. Oh, no. I was going to say keep you on your feet. And then keep you, like, make sure the ball's rolling. And I said, keep you on your balls. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) welcome to the Pretty Young
0: Podcast.
1: (laughs) Where we keep you on your balls all the time.
0: (laughs) Oh, shit. Sorry. Keep us on on our balls. We love it. Oh, oh my God.
1: Um... (laughs)
3: So, an excess. <laughs> <Sorry>. I know.
1: <laughs> My bad. Unintentional.
0: No, that was the best thing ever. No, don't be sorry about that.
3: <laughs> so, as Nick was explaining, when you get an excess, your treatment would be to expel the pathogen or what has entered the body to cause that excess. Whereas with the deficiency, it's a deficiency of one of those aspects that we we're talking about, like yin, yang, qi, blood, and you want to tonify. So I guess the main difference between the two is that how it would guide your treatment. So with excess, you want to kind of like, um, what's, what's the word? Reduce. Like pull back or reduce, yeah. And then with the deficiency, you want to tonify, so you want to add more of what is missing. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Fantastic. Is there anything else um,
2: anybody wants to add to full and empty excess and deficiency? No, ma'am. Okay, so then the last aspect is yin or yang. Um, And this, again, is more of that internal manifestation. Um, Does anybody want to touch on that... I mean, we have had a yin and yang podcast, and about like how yeah. how it manifests in the body and
0: sort of what can go wrong. Um, we yeah, we have gone through yin and yang independently already in, in an episode. If you haven't already, check it out. Um, but I did find a really cool um, kind of like a diagram that kind of sets everything up in in where it, where it is. So um, we did talk about exterior and excess having hot and cold type. Um, uh, properties, I guess, uh, or situations. Um, when it, I've seen this diagram, which it kind of puts it in a very weird. Um, uh, what do you call it? A weird box puts each of them in a weird box. So, in the diagram, it has the yin and yang um, symbol, and then obviously the yang side, the yang. There's the yang side and there's the yin side. Within the yang, you have the hot exterior and the excess side. And on the yin, you have deficiency, interior, and cold. Um, it's kind of a... It's it's a very simplified and very um, in, introductory, more introductory kind of way to think about deficiency, interior, and cold in relation to yin and yang relating to excess, interior, exterior, and hot. Because ex, ex, excess, exterior, and hot are more of a yang property And then yin is more of your deficiency, interior, and cold. And it's just because I feel like this diagram is drawn that way. I'll see if I can include it in the show notes or whatever. But um, I feel like they're categorized like that because deficiency, interior, and cold are more yin-type things. When we talked about yin and yang, we talked yin was more like the downwards, the deficient, kind of like the... Yeah, more the inside. And then you have yang, which is excess exterior... And hot, which is more of the outside, all over the place, kind of like, and more related to hot. Um, so I thought I'd add that in because, like like we've said earlier, we've already talked about yin and yang. But in relation to the eight principles, I feel like that's kind of relevant.
1: That's super relevant. I think you put that really, really well. Um, here's a question for you, though, B. What What's the difference between yang and heat, like you were saying, and yin and cold? Because like, can't they kind of be the same thing, but they're different? Like, how do I know what to do? What's the difference between the two?
0: Hmm. So something I want to disclaim before I try to explain your question <laughs> is, <Yep. laughs> um, yin can't, according to some, according to a lot of practitioners, I think it's the general rule of thumb, yin can't be excess. Unless you're me and Nick and we come across that one um, that one thing that said yin, yin excess and that's, yeah, that's, that's a whole nother aspect. Of that, that, that is a whole thing. <laughs> that is a debate amongst centuries. Anyway, um, uh, in terms of, so I'll put that disclaimer out there. Um, but when it comes to yin cold, I feel like cold can be only, uh, yeah, yin and cold can only be in the presence, um, in, in it, each other's presence when yang is defeated. So I can't warm it up. In, in that analogy that we were talking earlier, it's more it only, it really only exists when. Oh, let me put my brain together. When the heater is on, but the, the the heater is low, but the water is still on the regular thing. Did I is that how I said it last time? No. What was the analogy I used before? You it used was aircon. The aircon and the
1: tea was when you were talking about cold.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. So the aircon's still on at the regular regular temperature but the tea's not enough not the, the the heat from the tea the tea's not hot um, and that's the only way it can exist as a yin cold type thing um, uh, so whereas
1: yeah, sorry, hmm? i think i asked the wrong question well,
0: or maybe uh, I, I answered the wrong question <laughs>
1: maybe I was, I was talking about like the difference between yin mm. and cold yep. so like mm. what's the difference between yin itself like mm. if you say deficient yin or you say yeah i no, got you versus uh like the same thing for young and heat. So there's two questions. There's what's the difference mm. between yin and cold? And what yep. is the second question is what is the difference between young and heat or hot? Hmm.
0: I feel okay oh Charlene, go for uh, it. Charlene's if got an answer. I yeah. feel like yin and yang
3: are describing like our like categories of things. So For each organ or part of your body, there is a yin aspect and a yang aspect. So within the organs, for example, the yin might be the blood and the fluids, and the yang is kind of the warming side. When we talk about deficient yin and yang, we're talking about those aspects um, underneath them in their category as being deficient. When we talk about hot or cold, I think we are talking more about the actual organ or the actual meridian or something is actually got the properties of being affected by cold so like um brain fart cannot think um like blood vessels constricting and things like that is like more affected by the actual cold rather than um for yin it's like their properties um it's like the yin properties
0: yeah. No, no, that's it. That's, that's it. Yeah. I like, I like how you said, um, you put them in category, like a yin and yang is more of like a category because as we've discussed in the, I don't know if I'm going to be really being a parrot right here and repeating what you said, Charlene, but, um, in the yin and yang episode, we talked about there's many aspects of being, uh, having yin, and having yang, yang, uh, having like, you know, the ascending and yin is descending. And, you know, there, there's a lot of th- aspects, of each of them and hot and cold is just one of those aspects within yin and yang so you cut that's that's why i think i mentioned that little diagram before because that they they put each of the guiding principles the remaining six um within yin the yin category and the yang category um yeah yin and yang can also act a little bit more independently so you get like yin deficiency yang deficiency but you'll see that it will affect the the other sub, the other categories of the guiding principles, which is like, you know, the hot and cold deficiency, excess interior, exterior, a little bit more. Um, and then you'll have like more yin and yang focused stuff.
2: It's almost like hot and cold, are syndromes that relate to, um, a certain set of symptoms. And then yin and yang are more like, um, are more like aspects of the body. Um, it's It's hard to sort of differentiate that, but like there's a yin and yang aspect of each organ like we were talking about, and then there's like hot and cold, which have a certain set of symptoms um yin and yang have like patterns which which you know are followed sort of loosely around the body where you know it's it's sort of opposite's a hot it's like warm and cold type of aspect of the yin and yang, but hot and cold have like um, a
0: fairly specific set of symptoms. You look confused, (laughs) Tom. No, Nick's got, no, Timmy, Timmy has like the, um, the, (laughs) Something doesn't line up, <laughs> yeah. kind of face. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> quite fit right here. It's got the I don't know also, kind of face. It also does come back to
2: like etiology and where the disease started, as well, um, and whether it's affecting the yin or the yang, or whether it's affecting or whether it's a cold or hot type of condition. I think we've opened See? a can of worms. That's,
3: yeah. That's yeah, we did running a little bit. Out of time. No, no, we're all good. <laughs> But I think that's why like, the guiding principles and diagnostic in Chinese medicine is so important to understand. Um, so I think we've given a really great intro and if there's any questions or confusion about the yin and yang um, and the hot and cold, go back and listen to the yin and yang episode and then let us know if you have questions because I feel like we talked about the properties of the yin and yang and the categories um, there really well and if yeah if you haven't listened to it it will probably provide some insight into what we're talking about the properties and the categories yeah. and does anyone have anything else to
1: add um, i was mm, oh you go
0: no 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 you go you go i, uh,
1: you. I just wanted to add that um, subjectivity so like the patient feeling hot and cold is also an important thing that TCM considers important so if, if the patient feels hot all the time or they feel really really cold or just specific parts of their body feel really cold um, normally this is normally this is generalization, but um, traditional conventional medicine normally like ignores that just be like ah Probably the weather but like in Chinese med This is really important when you're looking at like hot cold yin-yang that sort of balancing aspect is really important
0: I'd like to also, Mm -hmm. I'd like to add to that, um, you know, using the the things that we talked about, the eight guiding principles and that, um, it gives us, like like I said earlier, it kind of gives us a broader, like a a broad shot of what we're going for in the disease. And then eventually, as we go down the track, we try to refine it. So we utilize this first, and I think this is why we get convoluted. We um, we we're talking about little specifics within the biggest, biggest spectrum, but we use these to have like a wider, a wider set of um, diagnosis and then we narrow it down. So when we talk about, you know, spleen young deficiency or whatever, um, it's hard to go from like point A all the way to spleen young deficiency. So you use these eight guiding principles to eventually get the spleen young deficiency, but you also use your knowledge of symptoms and signs in order for you to create a more whole diagnosis.
3: Thank you for listening to the Forever Young podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and join our Facebook discussion page. And,
2: and as always, we're the Forever Young podcast, and you'll hear from us next time.
1: Bye. Bye.